Each week on the New Hope Podcast, you'll hear messages and stories that are built on the bedrock of God's truth and discover practical ways to apply the gospel to your life and relationships. Thanks for listening and being a part of the New Hope family. Hello and welcome to the New Hope Podcast. My name is Marco Zambrana. I am the producer on the show and I have with me today a special treat. Uh, Pastor Leonard is with us and he will be just kind of introducing himself a little bit more to our listeners. So, Pastor Leonard, how are you doing today? I am doing fantastic. Excellent. Um, We have a bit of a weather advisory at the moment. So if you hear anything, listener, probably just the wind right there. Um, It's just some severe weather outside. So we'll just keep plugging along. Hopefully it won't distract us too much. So good to meet you, sir. Good to see you. Um, How's it going? First off, thank you again for being here. And then um, just can you tell us a little about yourself? So... Uh, this is your first podcast with us at the church. You've been here now since January? Correct. Okay. Oh, things are going great. Uh, super ex- excited to be a part of New Hope. Everybody's been very welcoming. Uh, some of y'all know we are living in the Mission House, and so we have our back door connects to the parking lot. Uh, we have a so anyone s- can stop by and say sidewalk hi. that goes straight to our back door. And so it makes it super convenient. Uh, the price of gas is going up, so walking to work is yes. uh, definitely preferred, except in times of severe weather, like mm. right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you, um, you want to drive from here to there. Exactly. So we are getting acclimated to the area, and it has been uh, super fun to do so. Um, so I am really thrilled to be a part of what God's doing here at New Hope Mm -hmm. and to be a part of the podcast today is a special uh, privilege that that I honestly didn't really think about when Pastor Keith asked me to preach. I I was not thinking, hey, there's a part two to this. There's a podcast. So uh, it's an added added bonus that that I get to participate in. So I'm, I'm thrilled to to do that as well. Absolutely. Well, again, you're obviously uh, new to us here on New Hope. Um, what, what, where have you been before? What other churches have you served with? Well, immediately before coming to New Hope, I was at Champion Forest Baptist Church in the Northwest Houston area. Uh, interesting story. I came to Houston eight years ago uh, as a discipleship pastor at Jersey Village Baptist Church, 2014. And uh, three years into that assignment, uh, our church was kind of in a transition, uh, trying to figure out what our future looked like. We had a lot of debt, and uh, we uh, really were looking for an opportunity to to um, partner, to get some help for some other churches around us. And uh, Champion Forest came along, and to make a long story short, we ended up merging with Champion Forest and becoming a campus of mm. them. And... Soon thereafter, um, I was invited to go to the to the original campus of Champion Forest to be a part of their adult ministry staff. Okay, and so went there and helped out with young and median age adults there for three years, and then I was um, invited to go back to uh, Jersey Village uh, to do a role multifaceted that included missions and family ministry, and so spent eight years in Houston. Uh, with multiple assignments, and uh, so I have a heart for discipleship in the local church, mm-hmm. and uh, that's that's been my twenty plus years of full time ministry in the church has been uh, working uh, in that in that realm, uh, primarily with adults. I love kids, mm-hmm. I love uh, students, uh, but God is just kind of 
focused me in on my gifts, uh, dealing with helping adults deal with the issues that we face. So um, I'm super excited to focus on that here at, at New Hope as well. Absolutely. <clears throat> and you are teaching the next uh, Fuel for Life, if I'm not mistaken, correct? Yeah, uh, actually, it's super uh, been super exciting lately. I've had multiple opportunities to prepare presentations and preaching, and so there's a series of things that I'm doing over the next couple couple of weeks. Mm. Uh, I'll, I'll just line them out just real quickly. I, I got to preach Sunday. Uh, which was a thrill. Uh, I'm doing this podcast, which is an extra bonus. Uh, <laughs> tomorrow night, I'm actually uh, sp- speaking in the Stephen Ministry. They're doing their Who Cares seminars, monthly mm-hmm. seminars. So I am I am going to be uh, speaking at that tomorrow. Um, and I hope uh, folks who are interested are involved in Stephen Ministry will be there for their training. But if you're interested in Stephen Ministry, we'd love for you to come out and kind of get a taste of what Absolutely. it's like, and also get some training about how to be a more caring Christian in your in your daily walk dealing with people. Mm-hmm. And and then uh, Wednesday night I have adult hope group leadership uh, meeting training. I'm preparing for that as well. So that's Tuesday, Wednesday, uh, and then. Um, we do have the Hope for Life coming up on that first Wednesday of April. Uh, we've been talking about some felt needs the last couple of, uh, of Feel for Lives. And uh, this Wednesday, we're going to be talking about spiritual rest mm-hmm. and the, the the discipline of seeking out spiritual rest and what that does yeah. for us as Christians. And then I do have a, a Next Steps class that's coming up right after that on that first Sunday of April. Uh, so a lot of stuff coming up, and it's all great. I love it. I like preparing for all of that, and so uh, it's just neat to be plugged into the local body here and, and doing my part. To yeah, and definitely not busy at all. Us. No. <laughs> no. Um, would you say that with all this preparation, um, since you're you're just here, you know, you're just really hitting the ground running? Um, what has been Something outside of this week, out of prepping for all this, uh, what has been one event or one one um, interaction with someone here at our local body that you were just uh, that just really warmed your heart, or really you felt the presence of New Hope or like the the community we have here? Well, I've been super impressed with the uh, effort that people make to get together for for small group Bible study mm. and other groups and. Hope groups, and then we have ladies groups that meet together. We have men's groups that uh, meet together, and um, nothing that I have to do to ha- you know say, "Hey, we need to do this." It's it's already happening, and I've been able to um, look in on some of those groups or the guys' groups, especially, and just amazed and thrilled about what God is doing, mm. how He's shaping mm-hmm. people uh, to be more like Him, and those. Uh, different settings. Uh, so just really the heart for discipleship, which I think reflects Pastor Keith's heart and the ministry that he's had here for mm-hmm. 10 plus years, uh, just the cumulative effect of his heart for uh, discipleship and people getting in the word. I, I see I see the fruit from that. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, that's been probably the, the biggest thing that I have seen. I get to build on that foundation. Mm. I don't get to I don't have to start from the bottom. Start from the beginning. Yeah, it's yeah. a great foundation to start from, and mm-hmm. just challenging people to um, to love Jesus more and more, mm. and they already do. It's just trying to 
encourage and mm-hmm. and provide environments where that's facilitated. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's a great segue into your message, uh, which is I love to tell the story mm-hmm. and how that can be how that ties into just some of the DNA that we're trying to establish here at New Hope since January with Better Together and kind of looking what put to the test in our faith and what does it actually you know reflect and look like and kind of try to walk that out. And one of the things we're doing is missional living, which is kind of a deeper dive for our some of some people of our church, and we're trying to get more people involved with that. It's just living on mission. What does it mean to be a sent people? So this aspect, um, just it's in John chapters four, one through thirty, and then thirty nine through forty two is the whole uh, scripture reference. Um, just looking at that, how would you say your message? Kind of not 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 resummarizing it, not really kind of trying to go through the what what was spoken, but. Just tying that into community and the fact that Jesus was reaching a community that was being shunned by his own people. Right. And we are calling our people to be on mission, to live their life kind of like a like a missionary would, mm-hmm. really, in this context that we're in. We're in a post-Christian culture. And so we are challenging people to look at their neighbors and say, how can I build bridges to the gospel, mm-hmm. to the people that I am around? And I think this uh, story of Jesus and the Samaritan woman, he definitely models for us, our Savior does, how to build a bridge of conversation uh, to get to a spiritual matter, to get to the heart of what this lady's uh, issue was mm-hmm. and that she had a broken relationship with God and and that uh, Jesus provided the way for that to be fixed. And so he did this through asking some very pointed questions and uh, leading her in a conversation. And it's it's a very interesting um, give and take. He had a long conversation with this lady, a lady that, you know, he was supposed to by, mm-hmm. by his culture shun. And so it is a great example for us. Uh, both in how we're supposed to treat the downtrodden and the people that are w- others would consider unlovable, and uh, also just how we can talk to our neighbors, the power of some really good questions mm-hmm. to, to ask and to not be afraid sometimes to be bold and not be afraid to go there in the conversations with the people that, that God has entrusted in our sphere of, of influence. Uh, so uh, Jesus is our model. And he's a great teacher, and he uh, showed his heart for people. I mean, he gave this great declaration of who he was as the Messiah to mm-hmm. a group of people that were the outcasts. And that has, I think, great significance. I mean, it shows uh, Jesus's opinion of people that were on the periphery of society. So uh, we should be the same. Mm. And uh, we need to reflect the heart of God in Cedar Park and whatever that might look like. So I think that's uh, – I love being part of this church with uh, Pastor Keith leading us in the way of being on mission for Christ. There's reminders, you know, when we leave the parking lot, you're now on mission. And uh, with all the different preaching and training and this and the blessed book that we went through and the hope groups – uh, I was just trying to undergird that through through the message uh, uh, that, that I delivered Sunday and uh, trying to in, influence and impact the DNA of our church to say there is an expectation mm. 
that we are supposed to be on mission and what does that look like? And again, Jesus gave us a great model for what that looks like to be on mission. He was thirsty. He was tired. Uh, of course, he, he's, he was also, he's also omniscient because he's the God of the universe, but uh, he, he understood uh, this opportunity that was coming his way in this lady. And so um, I think uh, we need to be um, intentional in the same way. Mm, absolutely. Absolutely. <clears throat> and it's really interesting you call attention to an intention, um, intentionality because it could have just been simple enough for Jesus to say, hey, let me tell you what what is living water, you know, how can you get it? And not stop her and go, no, 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 go get your husband, go get your family, like that that whole aspect. It's, it's that our Savior is urging us to, through his own example, not only stop with that one person, but make sure you go the extra mile, grab the next person, make sure they grab the next person, and really follow that trend of discipleship. It's not just one person. It's the whole aspect of their whole family and just really developing that relationship and trying to speak to them in that way. Yeah, God is seeking those who would worship him in spirit and in truth. Mm-hmm. And that's what he said in that passage. God is not seeking somebody to worship somebody mm. at a particular place, mm-hmm. but in, in the spirit and in truth. Mm. And, um, I was just reading a, reading another book that actually I'm going to talk about, the Stephen Ministry, that talks about our hearts were designed by God for worship. Mm. And in fact, God resp- God created us to be responders. We are responders. Think about how we just interact with, with, with our everyday life. We respond to things all the time. Mm-hmm. But he wants us to be responsive to him and worship him. And we do that. Every day, with the decisions that we make, with the attitude of our hearts, uh, with uh, the things we think about, mm-hmm. er, er, what we value, we reflect the the heart of God to work to the world as we as we worship. So that's what He desires, and He He values all people. He, he wishes that all people would come to to repentance. Mm-hmm. So again, Jesus is the model. And our, our church should strive mm-hmm. to reflect the things that Jesus modeled. So absolutely, I, uh, yeah, it was, it was fun, nerve wracking, uh, just to, <laughs> just to peel back the, the curtain a little bit for me. I, I don't preach very often mm. and it's, it's actually, um, not something that I was even trained to do in seminary because I have. Oh gosh, the pastors out there, you'll, you'll chuckle because you know I have a Christian edu- a master's in Christian education, which all the MDiv Master Divinity folks would mm-hmm. call the cut and paste degree. Oh, yeah, yeah, not derogatory at all. No, no, no. And no. so I didn't have the preaching classes, and so um, I, all the things that I know about preaching has been just caught and and some taught. And actually, Sunday I got some insight from our pastor Gary. He was very helpful. In the preparation of my message, um, but it's so nerve-wracking. It's hmm. it, for me. I can teach all day long, but getting up in front of people and preaching, it's. I just want to do it uh, <laughs> in a way that honors God. Mm-hmm. But um, just what it is in the style of of presentation is just a little bit is a little bit different. So I, I was hopefully prepared. 
uh, and uh, and prayed up. Uh, but uh, it's a special privilege that I get to do, <laughs> and uh, I, I I really enjoyed it. But it's man, it's it's not easy. So mm. so those of you that uh, I know you love your pastor, Pastor Keith, who prepares week in and week out, y'all just need to give him uh, an extra attaboy because he does this so well mm. <laughs> and prepares so diligently. Uh, and it's not easy. So uh, I'm just saying it's yeah. it's not easy to do. Um, but anyway. Yeah. And he does it with uh, so many weeks out of the year. Um, I've, I've <laughs> I was just re- reflecting about just how much, you know, I have to be here on a Sunday morning going, gosh, it must be even harder as the lead pastor of a church to willingly take time off to even give yourself the margin and the space to hear God himself and you prep and all that but also to just have a healthy balance with his family. And so shepherding shepherding a church and shepherding his own family and kind of what that looks like, it's it's got to be such a true true just true calling on himself and and yourself and and, and all the ministers here at New Hope uh just to serve so diligently. So thank you. And again, your message sir was just truly a wonder to observe from a production standpoint, but a true once I stopped and really just absorbed it uh, this morning, I, I just really, it was powerful. It's simpl- simplistically powerful. And I love the, the hymn that you quoted. My mom used to sing a lot of hymns to us as kids. And I, I have a special connection to hymns growing mm-hmm. up. And for us, it's the old rugged cross, one of the, one of the very well-known ones. Um, and this one, actually, I've never heard. And so, oh, wow. so for me, that totally skipped over me. And so just hearing... You know, I love to tell the story. There's a few years difference between me and Mark. So. <laughs> Just a small difference. Small difference. Small difference. Um, but for me, and, and let me ask you this, of the hymn, of the story, what was something you were not able to share with us on Sunday morning that you wish you could have gone further on? And he's a totally unprepared audience. I've not asked him this right. question. He's totally off guard. Um, well, I really didn't dissect the the. I didn't want the sermon to be about the song mm. necessarily, mm-hmm. like the content of the song, but I, I maybe pretty, could have done a little better job of pausing to really get the effect of what the writer uh, was trying to get across mm-hmm. was just this the impact of what Jesus had done in her mm. and that she loved to tell this story and how is a true true story about what all the things that Jesus did in his ministry so it's it's a, a poem a 50 verse poem that was this this lady's reflection of all that God had done and then again going back to worship her response to that her response to that is i love to tell the story mm. And, and it will be my, my theme in, in glory one day to tell the old, old story of Jesus and his love to, to be in his presence and say, thank you, God, for all the things that you have done. So, uh, yeah, it's um, I didn't go back into the historical uh, stuff uh, about um Miss Miss Hankey and just her her background. Gary and I talked about it because uh, he he knew a little bit more about it than than I did. Mm-hmm. I did what anybody could do. I did a Google search <laughs> and um, 
because uh, hymns have such great all all songs have a story, mm-hmm. and so it's really neat to go back to any song. Um, those of us that have grown up in the church and being exposed to to hymns and that style of music, uh, they all have a story to tell. Uh, the background of them, so it's super cool. I love history, so mm-hmm. it's, for me, it's super cool to get the context of where these people were at and what they were going through that led them to write uh, these words. And so um, to me, it's an attitude of the heart mm. and that I want to get across to myself as as well as other people uh, that, you know, she she loved to tell the story of what Jesus had done for her and, and what, he, what his life was like and what he did uh, in his death, burial and resurrection. So that DNA, we wanted new hope. So I guess that's the gist of, of that. Mm. Um Remembering my my heritage, my uh, family, uh, especially on my uh, mom's side of the family, she uh, was raised in church. Although she did have an experience where she accepted Christ as a teenager, mm-hmm. so but she was raised in in church. She part of her growing up was. Um, uh, my mom told me this story. I just thought how marvelous it would be. She grew up on a church camp, okay, uh, on a lake. In, oh, okay. in North Texas. And so her mom was the camp cook mm. and her dad was the maintenance guy. And so all summer long, she would be able to participate with all the churches that came to this camp. Mm. So her summer was camp. Mm. All week, every day, she just swimming, fishing, all the stuff. Um, so, you know, her dad played the piano. Her mom would sing. Uh, And so she just had this Christian upbringing that I saw. My grandfather died before I was born, but I saw through the life lived by my grandmother. Mm. And uh, that was just super uh, significant to me because and the the visual expression of her faith that I remember the most is singing of the hymns. Mm. And that that simple act of worship at the kitchen table uh, was uh, just so sweet to us as, mm. as family. Um, so, you know, reminiscing and remembering. And uh, so that that was, you know, that's a true story. I, I didn't mm. make that up or anything. That was a true experience. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, and the fact that her life was impacted by her Savior, my, my grandmother's life, mm. in such a way that she responded in that spontaneous act of worship, she didn't have an audience. I mean, she had an audience of her family, but she didn't do it for anything other than the fact that she enjoyed it and she knew her Savior would enjoy it too. So, mm. And you said that had such an influence with you as a young person and just kind of shaping who you became. Um, <clears throat> and tying that in uh, to your later point of what's living water and then ultimately the Holy Spirit in a believer's life, um, it's such an interesting outpouring, as you said, the spontaneous nature of worship and just following God, Christ's example and just the example of, you know, we are we are called to be an outpouring of ourselves from what is transforming us inside is reflected and is an outward expression. And that that and what your grandmother did and how that blessed you and how that poured over you and set you on a path, even if it wasn't such a, let me sit you down and walk you through the, the gospel. It, I mean, the fact that how many years later 
is she still deep with you in that moment and that 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 clear moment that was ordained to happen i don't know it just it's, it's it hits me it's really interesting yeah i as you're talking i remember a previous pastor having a a catchphrase that he would use mm. that that as Christians that we we need to live our lives in such a way that we we splash living water on things. Mm. And uh, of course in this context Jesus was specific in, in the Bible context he was specifically saying living water is the Holy Spirit. Uh, but I, I do think there's an element of how we live our lives that we are splashing God's presence mm, on people. Absolutely. You know, the disciples were unlearned men. And when they looked at what happened in the early church, they said, there's only one thing that we can say about these guys. What what's that sets them apart from anybody else was that they had been with Jesus. That's what set yeah. them apart. And so uh, as we live our lives day to day, we need to splash a little living water on people so they know about God's love and God's mm -hmm. care, and we plant seeds for the gospel. We yeah. um, we create a bridge. We create an opportunity because because again, we live in this postmodern culture. We have we're going to have to have many interactions with some folks before they'll ever even consider the claims of Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. So uh, being as kind and as compassionate as we possibly can will earn a right for a hearing of the gospel hmm. later on. Um, we get an example of a very dynamic uh, interaction that Jesus had um, with the woman at the well. And sometimes we'll have those divine appointments where we'll see immediate fruit. Oftentimes, we, we have to do the slow work. Uh, hmm. I was just texting a church planner just a second ago, uh, encouraging him, uh, he's a friend of mine starting a church in, in, in Austin. And uh, he said, uh, you know, 80 days into his new church plan, it's slow go. Mm. It's slow. Mm -hmm. And that's the the work of the of a Christian, uh, especially uh, in our context. So we have to have to take the long view mm. and how we live our lives and the and the attitude of our hearts as we live our lives will will go a long way in uh, in in reaping fruit down the road. Absolutely. Um, if someone, if you had one bullet point to make from your sermon and from kind of what we've been discussing here on the podcast, what would you say is the one bullet point that you would want someone to walk away with who is a believer in our church body today? Tell your story. Mm. Tell your story about what Jesus has done for you in your own words, your own experience. And God will use it, but I think I think there's a barrier for many of us that we we just don't go there. Mm. So I think the encouragement, the gentle nudge for the message is to go there and and tell your story mm. about what Jesus has done for you. Nobody has your story; it's unique. You can reach people that no one else can reach. So, in your own words, in your own way, tell your story. Mm. How simple, but yet at the same point, poignant. Um, yeah, I think it's it's interesting, and I think I'll just wrap it up with this thought and then kind of get your reaction from it, is a lot of people, myself included, having off and on as a child been raised in a Christian home, and this is more targeted towards those who of our church body have come from that long tradition of Christian family, family households. It, it, it's 
where do I share my story or how do I tell my story if I, if the whole time I've known Jesus. And I think for me, where I've landed is it's not necessarily about, oh, well, in that one moment at church where Jesus found me and I made my confession of faith and I chose, but living out my life walk and coming against different obstacles and different things and how God has shown himself again and again to me, that testimony will speak versus just a, you know, coming of faith moment that is, for at least how I see it, maybe one that not everyone can relate to in our our post-Christian culture. Does that make sense? It does. And I think the whole general outline that we said, you know, life, the testimony consists of our life before Christ, or, you know, our mm-hmm. experience with Christ, how we met Christ in our life after Christ. Some of us who were maybe met Jesus, became Christians early on in life, they're like, well, what was I really like before mm-hmm. that? I was just a child, but you're still a sinner. Mm-hmm. And so I think that is the the key point is that, yeah, I may not have had those big sins in my life, but I still was selfish. Mm. I still lied. I was still um, fought with my siblings. So I, I think that point has to be made because anybody, even postmodern culture people, they need to realize their need for a savior. Mm. So Absolutely. sin is super important for that. Um, but at the also, um, you're talking about, <clears throat> excuse me, the difference Christ has made in your life. Mm. And you answer, for many people who, who are looking at us as Christians, you answer the so what question. Okay, so you believe in Christ. So what? What does that do for you? Mm. And so how we live out our life with peace and purpose and love um, that it and, and and that's like the the holistic view of your whole life, not a conversation, but just looking at your life and mm-hmm. how you live it. It answers the so what question in such a way where they're like, "I want to know more," mm. because we we are a set apart and different people, and so we we look different, we act different, and and I think that's the reason why we have to figure out ways to, to mingle with people, to have relationships, because they need to see hmm. the so what. They need to see it. I mean, if we live in our ivory towers, and I am so guilty of this as a pastor, it, um, live in our ivory towers and not interact as much with other people, um, they don't see it. So they don't see the so what. So I think the big thing for us is to live our lives in such a way where they're like, it's... it's uh, our testimony or the way we live our life is winsome. It's something that people want to know more about. Mm. Because again, postmodern culture, everybody has, there's a, like everybody has their source of where, you know. Their truth. Their truth. Mm. Yes, their truth. And a life lived for Christ is attractional in a way where they're, they're going to know what's, What's this all about? Mm-hmm. And again, it's subjective in our culture today. It, your truth doesn't have to be my truth. But we know, according to the Bible, that Jesus Christ says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Mm-hmm. So there's power in in those in those conversations. And as we answer that, so what question in, mm-hmm. in front of other people? And I think that's key. Absolutely. And, 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 you know, and the... The hard part, and we can have a whole lot longer conversation <laughs> about this, and I know we need to wrap it up, 
is we live in a culture that has a bunch of boxes, you know, we go get in our cars and then we drive home, get in our garage mm -hmm. and uh, go get in our box called, called our house. And we, we can easily, easily live our life in isolation of other people. So mm -hmm. as Christians, we have to be intentional. Maybe we got to walk to a well and go uh, talk to a lady who's getting water. Is that the equivalent of the gas station these days? <laughs> maybe maybe it is because everyone um, has to come there to get their gas or uh, their water or the little league field or whatever or whatever where, wherever people are hanging out gotcha so that's where the church needs to be absolutely well thank you again pastor of course um so just again quickly what are some of the things that you're working on we have fuel for life coming up fuel for life uh we have Stephen ministry the who cares seminar tomorrow night uh fuel for life uh next steps class on april the third and yeah, adult leadership training for hope groups. Yes. Lots of stuff. Excellent. Coming up. Excellent. So well, I appreciate your prayers. Of course. Absolutely. And if you haven't had a chance to sign up for Fuel for Life or the Stephen Ministry, please do uh, just check it out. It's, it's going to be some really wonderful material to go over, but very practical as well of self-application of these thoughts and these principles. So if you do miss out, don't worry, we will record them and we will try to get them out there as good teachings and make it available to our people. But again, thank you so much for joining us today. Uh, thank you again, Pastor Leonard. Um, and we'll look forward to talking to you guys next week. All right. Have a good day.